0: This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an assemblies of God church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. There are a few portions of scripture that I would like to turn your attention to this morning. If you would, would you begin in the book of Second Samuel, chapter six? The Ark of God, which represented the presence of God, had been placed on a brand new cart and it was being transported. Now, God had given very specific instructions about how the ark was to be transported, and a cart was not the mode of transportation that God had chosen. It was to be carried upon the shoulders of the priests. And as they were celebrating, this was a time of great joy, and they were bringing the ark of God, they were transporting it, and as they were doing so, uh, this brand new cart with the ark of the Lord on it, the oxen stumbled, and one of the gentlemen who was there helping out, his name was Uzzah, and he reached out and he touched to steady the ark of God to keep it from falling. Now, think about this for a moment. Here is a man who sees the ark of God represented as the presence of the Lord about to fall off the cart. And he reaches out, it says in my version, to steady it. And as he does so, it says the anger of the Lord rose against him and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the Ark of God. This was a time of great celebration. The Ark of God was being brought to Jerusalem. And in the middle of all that was going on in this great celebration, there was this accident. And in the middle of this situation All of a sudden, death. Why? Because there was a disregard for the instruction of the Lord. And in this disregard for the instruction of the Lord, it didn't just start when Uzzah reached out to stabilize the ark, but rather it began when the mode of transportation that God had set for the ark was disregarded. And all of a sudden, what was a great time of singing songs, playing all kinds of musical instruments, ended up turning to be very somber. And in verse 8, it says, David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. And he named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. So David... Is now was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, how can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move uh, the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in the house of Obed-Edom for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. And his entire household. David saw that God was taking this matter very seriously. And David ended up becoming angry because he didn't see the big deal. Why would you kill someone for trying to steady the Ark of the Covenant? And so he changed his plans. Instead of bringing the ark into the city of David, he said, I'm going to now put it over here in Obed-Edom's house. And the scripture says here was because David, verse 9, was now afraid of the Lord. The reason that this fear came about was because David had disregarded God's instructions. David would have not had to deal with this type of fear of the Lord If he had obeyed the Lord, but now because he disregarded the Lord, death entered into the picture. And so it is with many of our lives. We disregard the Lord and in an area of our life, death enters the picture. When death enters the picture, we get confused about the situation. And at times as human beings, we can blame God for the situation. When we blame God for the situation, I've seen this over and over again, we change course. And what we were originally intending to do, all of a sudden, we get an attitude and we can say, I'm not going to do that. And we begin to divert. I remember in Bible college, there were people who were there who started out very well. Things unfolded that they didn't expect in their life, and all of a sudden, They were once planning on being a missionary, a pastor, an evangelist, but then something happened and all of a sudden their attention got diverted. David, his plans changed because he had disregarded the instruction of the Lord and now the presence of God was placed in the home of a man named Obed-Edom. The scripture tells us that as the ark remained in his home, that everything was blessed. His family received favor from the Lord that was above and beyond the norm because the presence of God was in his home. And in all of our lives, there are areas that death has had an impact on. I think of those who have lost a loved one, parents who have lost a child, and the room where their child once was in becomes an area that is very difficult because their their child was in that room. The child's no longer there, spouse no longer there, parent no longer there. These areas become little death zones, and memories can be very difficult, and some have a hard time even moving on. Many many leave the room the way it was for fear of the loss of the memory of that life that once was, but is that God, how God intended it to be? So... God desires in every one of our lives to take the areas of death and to breathe life upon them. Even though we may have once disregarded the Lord and his instructions, I'm so thankful that God is always in the business of taking what has been dead and bringing it back to life. And as we begin this year, 2020, God's heart and his desire for every single person individually... For every couple in this room in your marriage, for every family in this room, God's heart's desire is that every area that is dead or once was dead, that it will be brought back to life for the glory of God. Because God is a God who is able to resurrect. He's able to resurrect physical bodies, but he's able to also resurrect things in our lives that have been killed or are dead. And I want to turn your attention now to the book of Ezekiel in chapter 47. Ezekiel in chapter 47 had a vision. And in this vision, Ezekiel was brought to the entrance of the temple. And he saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. And there I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. I want to pause for a moment to say that in, uh, in Israel there is a sea. And this sea is a sea in which nothing grows. In fact, uh, in this sea, the salt content is Just over 33%, which is almost nine times higher than ocean water. And if you go to this sea, you can get in it and you can float very easily because of the amount of salt. Because of the amount of salt that is in this sea, uh, there is nothing that lives in the sea. There is no fish that live in the sea and there are no plants in the sea either. And so it remains to this day. And that is why it is called... Dead Sea. And such is some areas of our lives where there are uh, spots where there is water, but there is no life. And that's exactly what happens at the Dead Sea. And so, picking back up here in verse 3, it says that measuring as he went, uh, the angel took him along the stream for uh, about 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again, and this time the water was up to my knees. And after another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. And then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Verse 6, he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? And then he led me back along the riverbank. And when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from en to en The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty." Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Turn with me, would you, to the book of Revelation? Chapter 22. Then the angel, verse one, showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Sound familiar? John saw the same river that Ezekiel saw. The purpose of the river was to bring life where there was death. When Ezekiel saw the river, he was surprised to see that along the riverbanks, along the riverbanks were trees that were growing. These trees were fruitful. The Dead Sea at this time, if you were to go to Israel, is still dead. But there is coming a day when this prophecy will be fulfilled. And believe you me, there will be a day when fish will fill the Dead Sea. And just as God has promised, the fishermen will be all lined up. And there will be life once again in a place where it was dead. Now, to the natural, and if a person does not really believe the word of God, you would look at that area and say, there is no hope for the Dead Sea geographically, it's in such a position where it only receives and never gives, which is one of the reasons why it's a dead sea. But God has prophesied in his word that the day will come where life will flourish, where death currently is. And my friend, to you today, as we begin this new year, when we speak of life, God intended for that life to be an abundant life, that it will touch every area of our lives. And the reason sometimes during the holidays that people can get so depressed is because while there is all kinds of celebrating going on on the external, it highlights the emotional pain on the internal. There's areas still of death inside while great celebrations of life are happening outside and it's very difficult for both to mix but i have good news for you today because god doesn't just look on the exterior smile he doesn't just see what you're wearing today how you came into church well dressed you look great but the lord sees the inside and he sees the pain And oftentimes you can go into a place, whether it's church or somewhere else, and you smile, but inside you're crying. And I want you to know today that those areas where there is death, that God sees them. And he has promised you that the same river of life that is going to flow into the Dead Sea and breathe life, where there are literally going to be fish swimming in a place where fish do not swim, In that same way, God is going to breathe life into those areas in your life that will bring to life areas that have been dead, maybe for many years. We don't need to pretend that all is well. You don't need to do that. You don't need to impress God by just speaking positive. Be careful about that theology. All through the scriptures, you see it. David spoke of the things that tore him apart in his heart. The brokenness. The prophets, Jeremiah, they poured out their heart to the Lord. God can handle the things that we deal with. Why? Because he's been through them himself. He is the God of life. It is true that the power of life and death is in our words. But God never denies reality. The truth is, is that he came to change what your reality might be at the moment. He came to heal the sick. He didn't say they weren't sick. He said, I came to heal the sick. He came to raise the dead. He didn't say they're not dead. He came to raise the dead. So be careful about thinking that only with your words you will change the circumstance. Because it is not your words alone. If it is not the power of the word of God, your words have no power in and of themselves. But because of the power of the word of the Lord, that river is going to flow into you and through you, and through you there will be resurrection power. There will be life that is breathed into your homes and into your families. And those who are sick will be healed. Those who are dead can even be raised to life again. And as you come before the Lord and you bring to him your brokenness and you bring to him your sickness, you bring to him your pain and you allow him to touch you and to heal you and to strengthen you. He is the one who transforms. He is the one who breathes life. It is his river that is going to bring healing, it says, to the nations. There's so much brokenness in our world. We see it all around. And it is God's heart to bring healing. It is God's heart to bring redemption. But what we must do is we must place ourselves in the midst of the river of life. Where the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, can touch us and transform us. As Ezekiel was walking, he crossed over the river. It says, he took me along, then he led me across. He measured again the 1,750 feet, then he led me across again. So here you have, he's zigzagging across the river. He walks over the river, it's up to his ankles. Walks down another bit of uh, 1,750 feet, and then he crosses over again demonstrating that the river was getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Our walk with God is one where we must pursue him. He says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and you will receive. But it is, this is all a process. And so you and I must continue to seek the Lord. We must continue to pursue him. We must continue to seek for that river of the water of life to flow in and through us. This river of healing, it comes from the Lord. So I want to go back now in in both of these portions in Ezekiel and then Revelation. In verse 1, look at this, of chapter 47 in Ezekiel. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. That's where it started, from the temple. Let's go to Revelation. Let's see the source. Revelation, it says, The angel showed me a river, verse 1, with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb and then it flowed down the center of the main street. The source is what makes the difference. It's where the life comes from. And that life is what brings the transformation. As we sang the song, let it rain. The river comes from the rain that comes down. And the more there is rain, the higher The river gets. When you get a flash flood, it's because there's a lot of rain that happens in a short period of time, and then you get a flash flood. And so uh, the rain of the Spirit of God is what will come, and it will rise. And what can begin at ankle depth can then go to the knees, and then to the waist, and then to the point where you can't walk across it anymore. You've got to swim. And when you're swimming, you're no longer on the ground, but the river is carrying you. The river is carrying you. And my prayer for us as a church and for every one of us as individuals is that we'll allow that river to access those areas that are dead in our lives so that God can breathe life. Again, I believe it's very important that we acknowledge those areas that need the river of life so that God can apply his spirit to that area and breathe life. You don't go to the doctor normally, apart from a a general checkup. You don't go to the doctor for a sick visit if you have nothing wrong. And so you have to acknowledge what's wrong. And God desires for us to be able to bring that to him and say, Lord, I need your life in this area to bring this back to life. And as you do, the salt content goes down, which will make that area once again capable of sustaining life. Whatever God does in this new year. I believe God's heart is not to simply do something in January, and then we kinda, it's all down here from there, and then next January, you get excited about 2021, and so on. No, God is the God of every day. Every single day is a gift from Him. And that's why I said this to you last year, more important than New Year's resolutions is New Day resolutions because every single day you make a new commitment to walk with Jesus, every single day. And allow the Lord to guide you by the river of life because as you do, that's where the healing comes from. I love the analogy of Psalm chapter one where it talks about how we as God's people are like trees that are planted by living water And in that analogy, these trees that are planted by the river of life, it was what came from those trees that would actually benefit and bless and heal the nations. I don't know how all that's going to work, but that's what it says. And I know that God desires to touch the nations through us. He desires to heal the nations through us. We are his ambassadors and representatives of his kingdom In a very broken world. And people need Jesus. And they need Jesus to flow through us. Denying that we have an issue does not take care of the problem. We need to acknowledge it and bring it before the Lord. Say, God, I need your touch. I need you to heal this area of my life. I need you to bring it back to life. God is able to do it. There is not one situation that you're dealing with that God cannot touch and transform this morning. I want to ask you to close yourself in with the Lord. The river of life came from the temple and it flowed and wherever it flowed, that's where life happened. You've come here to the house of the Lord and I believe that the Lord desires for the river to not only come up to your ankles and your knees and your waist, but to completely saturate you to where you're swimming in the spirit of God. God knows all the details of your lives and he sees what you're dealing with. And he wants to breathe on areas that have been dead maybe recent death, maybe for many years, but only the Spirit of God can bring life. Holy Spirit, would you move among us this morning? God, I know you desire to touch your people today. I know you desire to resurrect today. Give hope to those who right now are hopeless. Be the glory and the lifter of their hands, Lord. Isaac, could you lead us in that song, Let It Rain? Thank you, Jesus. As Isaac leads us in this song, maybe a private matter, maybe something that's not private, but there's an area in your life your marriage, your family, your work situation that is a dead sea. Maybe it's your health. And it's been that way for a long time. And you may think, well, that's just the way it's always going to be. God says to you today, it can change in the name of Jesus. And if you will allow the Spirit of God to touch you today. You can leave this place with life, replacing death, because Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Not only in the life to come, but in this life. Everywhere He went, He touched people, and they were healed. Thank Holy you, Spirit, Jesus. you are welcoming to flow. May it rain and may there be a flash flood of your presence that flows across this altar. As Isaac leads us, I want to invite you as a step of faith to leave where you are and to come to this altar and between you and God To acknowledge whatever it is that has had a touch of death. Don't do like David and put the Ark of of the Covenant to the side. Keep on your mission. Just do it according to God's instructions. Maybe you've been rebellious and you've paid a price. Please, don't give up because God wants to walk you through to the very end. No, eventually, the ark would reach its destination. The detour really wasn't necessary. All God wanted was that His instructions would be obeyed. If you're willing to say, Lord, I will listen to your instructions, and I want your life to flow into this dead area of my life whatever it may be and i invite you to leave where you are and to come to this altar and allow the river of life to flow and to overwhelm you today for the glory of god as isaac begins to sing you are welcome to come Thank you, jesus let brought you here. but maybe you would say, Pastor Joseph, I'm not a hundred percent sure that if Jesus were to come back for his people today that I would be going. I never take for granted that because you're in church that your name is in the book of life. The Bible tells us, that with our heart we must believe and with our mouth we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I don't wanna end this service without giving you the opportunity to surrender your heart to Jesus. If you're here today and you know that you need Jesus in your life, maybe you've tried to be a good person but you realize that that's not enough because Jesus had to come to pay the penalty on the cross for your sin. And my friend, there's no way to get to heaven without going through the cross. And so if you're here today and you haven't yet accepted Jesus as your savior, you can leave this place on this first Sunday of 2020 as a brand new person. If we could all for just a moment, close your eyes And if you're in this room and the Holy Spirit has been tugging on your heart and you know you need to make that decision, I want to invite you to stand right where you are. I want to pray with you before you leave this place that the Spirit of God will fill your life and that you will be a brand new person in Jesus. If that's you, I welcome you. Would you stand right where you are? Be glad to pray with you for the Lord to touch your life and make you a brand new person today. A great way to start off this year. Let's take a moment now and if you would just pray these words with me. We're all going to pray together and the Holy Spirit is going to do the work, all right? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making it possible that all the things that I've done wrong can be completely forgiven. I choose today to ask you to make me a brand new person. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Please make my heart brand new. I choose to follow you and to obey your word. Thank you for writing my name today in the Book of Life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you may be seated. Let's give the Lord praise for the work of His Holy Spirit. And I always share as you come to Christ some key important things to read God's Word, to allow God to speak to us, to pray, and to gather together with people who love Jesus. And one of the next steps is getting baptized in water, which is a public declaration to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. It has been a joy to spend this time with you. Tonight at 6 o'clock, we're going to be gathering again together for day four of our sacred assembly. I welcome you to come as we seek the Lord together. May the Lord bless your afternoon. Have a wonderful day. I see the sun is shining outside. May the sun shine in your heart and have a blessed day. God bless you all.